waiting. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to the Conclave. The Conclave is Lave Radio's community invite show where we ask members of the community to come on and discuss a particular topic of the day. The title of this episode is Clash of Clans, so it should come as no surprise that the topic for this discussion is going to be that of groups, clans, guilds, teams, organization, and general metagaming within the elite universe. A topic that's even more relevant with the recent update to the game, which introduced wings into the fray. So I'm your host for this episode, Fozzer Forrester, and I'm delighted to be joined by another member of the Lay Radio team, Lisa Vu. Hello, everyone. And joining Lisa and myself for the show tonight, we have JP Anopheles from The Code. Yes, uh, my name's JP. I'm Captain Anopheles of The Code. We're a bunch of never-do-wells pirates and cutthroats and general scum, and we hang around the Lay Cluster taking the goods off people without killing them if we can we're nice pirates ethical pirates ethical pirates yeah well obviously lisa and i obviously work most of the time out of laves but we've heard of you guys so we thought we might as well get you on the first show and find out exactly what it is that you guys are up to joining us as well we also have james griffin who represents big harry's boys nice to be on the show I'm James Griffin. I represent Big Harry's Boys, which is part of the Greater Goon Alliance, which represents users from the Something Awful forums. Uh, right now, we're primarily active in Empire space and helping the revolutionary Jotunheim resistance. But much like McCoon and Lou, our focus is primarily on testing the background sim, playing with factions. And we also do a whole bunch of events like the Palladium Cloud which we invited people to and just basically dumped hundreds of thousands of palladium. <laughs> yeah, which gave everybody quite a stir. Nobody was quite sure whether or not that was just going to be something to go along to and make a quick buck or something to go along to and lose your ship as you guys blew it out from underneath everybody. like to keep people on their toes. <laughs> Great stuff. Okay, well, we also have from Emperor's Grace, Mr. Shadowgar. Yes, I'm uh, Commander Shadowgar. I'm the founder and lead of Emperor's Grace. Uh, Emperor's Grace is a home for multiple elite dangerous groups that touch almost every aspect of the game. Uh, we provide a home to small groups to start an elite dangerous, and we also provide services for uh, non-group Imperial players. Uh, right now our players come from all over the globe, and they range from the ages of 16 to the middle 50s. And uh, we're having a good time right now, all for the Empire. <laughs> Great stuff. And the final member of the team for tonight's show is Ian Honcherenko from Volkspack. Hi, I'm Ian. I'm here to represent Volkspack, which has been the moniker that's been assumed by members of the armor-free community group Volkbat. We just have to also play Elite as well. As it stands, we're just playing the game with a bit of an Imperial Edge in all shapes and form, you know, trading, bounty hunting, background simulation and so forth. Vivat Imperator. <laughs> great stuff okay well guys i suppose we're going to open up the the, the main discussion points uh and let's just start with a nice sort of broad question which is uh do guilds groups and clans and sort of the metagame at large currently work in the elite dangerous universe now obviously we've had the recent introduction to wings 1.2 where frontier developments have actually opened the game and let you sort of play with your buddies but let you play with your buddies. They've limited it to only sort of four people at any one time, which is obviously a little bit different for the sort of the big group and clan mentality that we've been used to with sort of um, metagaming in the past. So do we think that this is something that they need to expand on? Do we think it's currently working? Let's start with JP. Let's start with you. Yes. Well, um, at the moment, it's very early days for wings. Personally speaking, I would have liked larger wings 
but we have what we have. I've also noticed that when we're trying to form wings, there is sometimes a kind of glitch where you are only in the instance in your wing, and sometimes you're not. It's all a bit inconsistent. We've had to postpone our conflict with Cosmic State and Test and others simply because trying to get more than one wing into more than one area is so difficult at the moment. So it's nice when it works, but it isn't working as well as it should do at the moment. Okay, so you're saying that sort of technical issues at the moment are certainly stopping some of the planning that you guys have been organising? Sort of. I mean, we've we've had to go and do other things. We're going, we're doing wings training in out of the way places and stuff like this, and testing our various loads out and good combinations for wings. As a free like gift, I will tell you now that three anacondas and a clipper is a terrible terrible wing formation I have, <laughs> I have seen people doing it test uh, quite amusing in the sense that when we have an argument once he said we're not going to bother with tactics we have the numbers and so you don't want to bring tactics to a war can we fight you all the time that's that's anyway i'll try not to make this too into into a into guild but basically yes until it's a little bit smoother wing on wing action is a little bit difficult to uh, to organize at the moment Okay, well, I mean, you talk about uh, sort of guild on guild and not wanting to go too much into it all. Maybe we actually start from that point and say, you mentioned Test there, which is obviously a name I recognise from the EVE Online universe. How much of these groups are sort of already existing out there or and how many of them have been set up for Elite Dangerous? So the code, give us a little bit of your background. What other uh, universes are you guys in? I have to stress this more important than I can... I've had this argument on the main forum boards. You may have seen it. The code is the code without any dots in it. It's from the Codex Pirata, or the Pirate's Code of the, of the 18th century. It has nothing to do with C or D, E, or the code from Eve. We are completely, <laughs> complete coincidence. You wouldn't believe how much I hate Eve and the code from Eve at the moment, because I just get people going, oh, you guys, you did all this all this terrible stuff, and, and no, we didn't. We're nothing to do. They say, well, you act very similar. It's a complete coincidence. We're pirates. We're, we're actually nicer people than the code. Literally, we do not kill people unless they try to run, they shoot at us or the otherwise muck us about. If you just drop your cargo and we take it off you, we let you go. In fact, numerous reports of traders going, the cold are really decent people to be doing business with for pirates. <laughs> so we're not... Con- I have played Eve, I have to say, I've played Eve. I've played Eve on and off for 10 years, but I've not played it for the last four. So I hadn't even heard of the cold or cold from uh, Eve so uh yeah so we're completely fresh we do have a couple of eve players but they weren't connected either so that's how we got started i started it as a kind of like just get some jolly pirates together and it's really blown up we have like i know we're not as big as the goons nobody's ever going to be as big as goons and you can ask the goons people about coming from eve in a minute uh but we have like 150 members not all of them on at the same time obviously and what we are having to increase our uh, team speak from a lowly 32 up to a 64 so we can get everybody <laughs> on at the same because we are beginning to get people saying i can't get on so yes it, it's blown up it's very good it's probably i'm not saying it is it's one of the bigger homegrown on brew it's not the biggest but it is one of the most active and it is one of the nicest places to be. So I'll uh, just say that and I'll let somebody else speak. <laughs> okay, cheers, JP. Well, let's actually bounce that over to James then, because James, obviously, as soon as people hear the, the phrase goon anywhere in somebody's title, they start thinking about EVE Online and all the wonderful trouble that the goon gets up to there. What exactly are the uh, your connections with EVE Online and other universes out there? 
basically, the goons all come from the same forum on the internet. It's probably the largest forum on the internet. Uh, we have a couple of guys that were in Goon Fleet in EVE, but not too many. And I'm sure there are other groups in game that have just as many as we do. Okay, and what's... I mean, obviously, you're representing Big Harry's Boys. What are you guys up to in game at the moment? What's your sort of reason for being at the moment in game? Uh, like I mentioned, we're doing a lot of playing with the faction politics, trying to point mm -hmm. out the bugs, trying to get things fixed. Basically what Lou and McCoon are doing, but mostly on our own forums rather than on the main dangerous forums. Uh, we've had some luck with that. Recently we've gotten involved in uh, Imperial politics down in CMS. We're helping Aisling out. Uh, we've posted on Reddit, got some organization between different groups together, and we're helping boost the Empire Party up. And now we're in Lou, helping fight with the Crimson State. Okay, brilliant stuff. Okay, what about you, Shadowgar? Obviously, a name like Shadowgar leads me to think that you might be from uh, <laughs> EVE Online, but do you want to prove me wrong? Oh, boy, I haven't been in that game forever. Um, and I just <laughs> I just went as uh, Shadow at the time. I think I, I was done a little bit right after the uh, Band of Brotherhood fell. And the game itself, I was just having issues with the development processes in it and Real life things came ahead, but I wasn't a real active player like some other people would be. My name was kind of funny as it's primarily come Lord of the Rings online. Um, I used oh, really? to go by Shadow all the time, but the problem that I had when I first had the name was back, I'd say around 93, 94. There wasn't too many gamers that was running around with all these names. And then as you started to play some of these more popular MMOs, every time you type in a name, it's taken. So Shadow was always taken, and I just had to figure out some extra thing. As a Final Fantasy fan, some people would probably catch those last three letters, but I added that on, and it's it's just stuck, but everybody still calls me Shadow anyways. Okay, what are you guys up to in-game at the moment, then? Um, we were working on our own background simulation stuff and a few systems, but then when this uh, war broke out, we got contacted by various groups, because a lot of our members right now are heavily combat you know, we didn't know what was going to happen with the Federation. It's always been hard to gauge the feds because looking at the group forums and you know, talking with various groups, you never have any kind of cohesive group. So uh, we are contacted by the Crimson State and they contacted a bunch of other groups to see if we can come in and try to uh, field test some of this war stuff going on. And we've been having a fun time down there. And it's also the other interesting thing is a lot of these groups that have been fighting each other before the war have been working together which is an interesting thing i've seen okay and so you talk about the background simulation you talk about working the factions off against each other what does that really sort of consist of on a day-to-day -day basis so a person logs into e uh, to eve so a person logs into uh, elite dangerous and what sort of roles are they trying to fill well we try to uh, spread it out amongst our groups since we have uh, multiple groups we've let them recruit members and breed their own type of what they want to do in game and we've taken those specialized groups and you know they we got groups that are running missions we got groups that are just fighting trying to collect combat bonds guys that just love the trade and everybody gets to hit every aspect of especially this community event right now um, that's how we're kind of adjusting it i don't know how the other groups would be doing it but it, we've noticed that some people just cannot stand trade and some people <laughs> just cannot stand to shoot things because it just costs money um, but you know, this, this whole event is definitely a step forward with Elite Dangerous and my guys have had the most fun in this event than anything else so far. Right. just so that everybody on the, the show is clear, which event are you actually referring to? This would be the, uh, 
current war that's happening in Lou. Some guys mm-hmm. are calling it Lie also. I don't know how to pronounce it yet, but it's the Crimson State group right now that is trying to claim their own home system from the Federation. Uh, the Crimson State are the, the guys who have sort of a, a Celt background that they've crafted for themselves. Is that right? I think that's right. Well, myself, personally, I've been trying to stay out of the, the politics of it. They hired us as guns, so we've just been in the war. Um, that's something that, like, uh, Commander Royby, uh, I think you guys might have him on a, on another show at a later date. Um, he can go through that whole background. It's it's pretty uh, amazing concept that they have, and I'm really surprised when it comes to the content that FD is putting out. It's just still the player content is so much yeah. more amazing. <laughs> it, it is really interesting that people have sort of generated this interest and this conflict out of out of what is essentially you know their own homebrew background it's great stuff to see yeah and the need of like with the current stuff that's been going on with the bugs in a background simulation that's brought it's kind of hard to say but bugs actually brought people together to work <laughs> on something and we have uh whole bunch of groups like with uh james his whole group's been working on one you know the mercs and mikun um lou us everybody and we've kind of been passing notes around between the various groups trying to figure out how to figure this out because obviously they're not going to provide us a manual and we're having to figure it out ourselves and just decide if it's a bug or not but so far everything's been going good with this patch there's a lot of things they need to update which i'm hoping comes in power play but i don't know (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm hoping that uh, we should get a few more fixes before PowerPlay comes out, because I'm hoping that PowerPlay is going to be a, a new avenue or certainly new content that they're going to drop on us. Ian, what about you guys? What about Volkspack? What have you guys been up to? Well, to be honest with you, we're predominantly an armor-free group. I think, realistically speaking, with the sort of numbers of players that you get in a wing at the moment, that's the sort of people that Frontier are sort of tailoring for. They're not tailoring for these uh, large groups, as it were. They're sort of aiming more at small groups of friends getting together, rather than broad, bigger scale units. We're just predominantly an armor-free group. We don't really do much else beyond that. I mean, there are seven or eight of us that are playing Elite now at the moment as well. Coming back to what you're saying about, is it working, is it not working? I, I think it is. It's working in the sense that people are doing the doing their meta game, cracking on, doing what they need to do and enjoying it. But at the same time, no to an extent, because as Shadowgar mentioned there, there are quite a few bugs also, this is this is my personal bone of contention. There's the issue with solo mode, private group, and open play, and how that impacts on the effectiveness of a group or a clan or a wing or whatever you want to call it. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's a it's a get out of jail free card, isn't it? It means that you can be completely isolated from anything that the the meta game at large wants to sort of throw at you. Well, exactly. This is what, uh, and the problem is, it also leads to a lot of almost Eve level. Uh, internal politic going on i mean if you take a look at one of the james will probably be able to give a bit more information than i can regards to their semius but if you look at their thread at one point he was adamant there was another group that was in there working in solo mode trying to undermine him um shadowgar had a similar situation in a uh, thing he was testing as well it's just purely because people can you know jump into solo mode and still undermine what other people want to do is what I'm trying to say I suppose. Yeah, so basically just to just to clarify on that point. So if you're trying to sort of change over factions within a system, the fact that you play in solo mode doesn't matter in terms of if you get enough people playing in solo mode doing one set of missions, it still affects the overall background simulation. Is that what you're getting exactly. at? Exactly. So for example, if 
hypothetical situation, you've got two groups. You've got Group A and Group B. Group A is trying to flip the system. Group B is trying to stop them. Now, Group B get their ass, for want of a better phrase, handed to them. And they, and they can't win because, I don't know, there's overwhelming numbers, something like that. However, they are quite good at grinding. All these people then have to do is just jump into offline mode and score big on the things. We also saw this with the Nagaya Wang, Feliski, Imperial um, what's community goal. Because if you look at some of the high scores that were being scored by the top tier of killers that were put working towards that goal, there was no way that those guys were doing it in single player. We're talking. We're hundreds. doing it in single players, or you weren't. Or you're talking about open play. Yeah, they weren't. Sorry, yeah, they weren't doing it in open play. They were doing it, clearly doing it in either private groups or solo, and grinding massive scores from it as well. That does seem to be a bone of contention at the moment. The fact that mm-hmm. the same amount of value is apportioned to whatever people achieve, regardless of whether they're in open or solo. Well, the interesting thing is that there are some things in the game, like the recent Community Golden Lou, the Operation Dullahan, that practically require you to go into solo mode in order to do it. There's simply no way that can be done in open. You'd be competing against your own guys. Right, okay. Um, Shadiga? Yeah, I wanted to um, bring up the point that's that's currently going on in Lou is we have a lot of groups that are working very hard together as a community um, sitting on TeamSpeak, Mumble, working as cohesive groups trying to uh, run these missions and we've seen a lot of the conflict zones to where the empire has come in and has completely wiped these zones out and you maybe see one or two random federation ships but for some weird reason they're still winning on combat bonds right now and you know some of the theories have been is they know that most of the empire is in open play so they're constantly running in private groups or in solo mode and just grinding And it kind of defeats the purpose of two people coming together when they can actually never meet. But then, like James was saying, on the opposite side with Doolahan, the scaling has been kind of off. Because when we've had two wings into that one instance, everything is just wiped out instantly. And nobody can really gain anything out of that. Um, So people are actually forced out of different modes and into random private groups. So they can all hit the same instances at once. So... It's kind of like this the, the community event. My personal opinion would be that when it comes to a community event itself, it should be totally focused on open play. People should have to meet each other, be there. This is a community event. It's not a solo event. And how they would work that out, I don't know if that's even possible. But that's the issues that we're having right now is groups that want to be part of the community and be involved are not really getting anything out of it because – Everybody that just wants to run in solo and not even communicate with us, uh, they can get the same kind of thing. Interesting. JP? I speak for a group that's basically immoral when it comes to the community goals. We tend to feed off it. For example, if somebody, if we find out there's a lot of people taking an expensive metal, we don't care if it fails or succeeds. We just want the metal off the people. If that uh, contributes accidentally, that's so be it. I can't see my group ever participated in a community event and let's say never because you never know but generally speaking we don't care if it succeeds or fails as long as there's some kind of profit for us lots of fat traders etc now as the solution the solution is relatively easy it's the it's the detail of the solution that's difficult i think it's obvious that you've got to wait w-e-i-g-h-t you've got to wait the the value 
towards the open player. Not 100%, because you still want people who have never joined open, have no interest in open, actually just play solo, come across an event and still want to play. I mean, they can't be completely punished just because some people are being a bit underhand. So then you're talking about percentage. How much percentage of the open play should the solo play be? And then that's personal preference. Obviously, anything more than 50% is probably too much. Anything less than 10% is probably too little. So you're probably talking of a weight for the or solo players for somewhere between 10 and 50%. Now, where FD sets that bar would be entirely up to them. Personally, 25% for me seems reasonable for a solo player. You still get to contribute, but you're not contributing as much as a, a group of people in the open are. So you can never perhaps put a little bar on, bar on groups doing it. So it's either solo or it's open and no group can take part because that is... That's a workaround. I don't want that workaround to be there, if anybody understands mm. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I do, absolutely. Shadowgar. I noticed that there was a topic before when it came to groups. There was a a big hatred towards large groups for a time on the forums. But uh, the reality of it is, is these groups are here. We're all here. And when we're in open play and we're fighting other people, we're taking the risk of getting blown up by other players. I, I do agree with JP the rewards should be more than somebody that's flying in solo. Uh, the, these groups are out here that anybody can join if they choose not to. You know, that's perfectly okay, but the game starts needs to start facilitating for everybody and, and looking at both sides and not trying to stay to this, you know, this original idea of being an explorer and finding somebody and it's a surprise. And no, we're everywhere. <laughs> no matter where you go, there's no surprise anymore. You know if you go into open play, you're going to see somebody within minutes. So that's it's something that they seriously need to work out. Really, Shadow? We've got, we've got, a, whole uni- we've got a whole galaxy of 400 billion stars here. Surely there must be somewhere where we can't find you, somewhere where Emperor's Grace hasn't got to yet. Um, it's, people are still trying to find me, but they're, uh, <laughs> they're finding everyone else. And I mean, we're fighting over, until we can start expanding um, known space out farther, we're we're kind of in this one little area right now, and um, I think once the background simulations start working and we can all start going to our own home systems out at the fringes and expanding, I think most of this is going to calm down. But right now, since we're all in our own little known spaces here and fighting around some of the centers, it, it's going to be na- nasty and ugly, and um, things are going to have to scale up and down. Uh, that's that's something that I've been hoping for is to see some kind of event scaling based on how many people join an instance too. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I hope that is implemented at one point. Ian, did you have a point you want to come in on? Yeah, I just wanted to ask um, James. I mean, you said that um, people haven't gone solo because there's no way for them to succeed. How do you mean, mate? I'm just a bit curious. Well, Operation Dullahan is a piracy and smuggling operation and the ships only appear roughly every 10 minutes and only ha- have a max of 20 cargo on them. Right, I get what you mean. I'm sorry, I've only been doing the combat bombs in lieu. I've not done the uh, the actual pirate you, side of things. If you're doing that in open, you'll easily get so many players that there's just no chance to scoop anything. Yeah. And that's I, I people you on your side. <laughs> yeah, and I get what you mean now. Sorry, I'm, I've, I didn't realize there was also another one apart from the combat bombs. I think uh, someone like you would be up for the piracy mission. Me? I ain't no dirty pirate. I'm a law-abiding <laughs> imperial harpister, I'll have you know. Okay. Yeah, I love piracy. 
Okay, well, I mean, obviously, we, we, we talked a little bit there about um, the way to sort of work these uh, events. Now, that kind of brings us back to, to Frontier and sort of landing all on the, their door. Now, Frontier developments have kind of been feeling their way throughout the whole development phase of Elite Dangerous. Now, yeah, they've just opened it up. They've opened it up in a very sort of small way in terms of making wings available to only four people. Do you think open question do you think they're actually prepared for the the meta game element do you think they're prepared to have these large groups of people sort of knocking on their doors and saying actually we want to take over this bit of space or you know we want to run this event or regardless of what you want to do we're going to break your background simulation by all sitting here 24 7 and making sure nobody else can get there unless they want to be in solo uh jp I've always been worried that the simulation that it feels a bit strangulated at times. They've given us a wide open sandbox and there's times when there's only sand in it. They don't seem to understand that if you give a lot of players ships which are destructible and the means to destroy them, people aren't going to do that. There's a lot of stuff you can't do that you should be able to do. I mean, the, the greatest example of a strangulated simulation is is no credit transfer between players. And people say, well, that might encourage gold sellers, but that's nonsense in Elite. It's not an MO in the traditional sense. There's nothing to buy apart from ships and parts. There's only one account per account. There's no money in it. So there's no money in gold selling. So there's no point in gold selling. So why don't I have credit transfer? The only thing that would spoil credit if reason against credit transfer, against all the reasons for it, is the fact that somebody could be given a million credits at the beginning of the game and go straight in and get, get a de- half-decent ship. But a lot of that time that's happening, except it's happening, people having to scoop up 20 cases of Palladium instead and still doing it. For me, the game needs to be a little bit looser. Another example is, after, the, after you've got an anaconda and you've done everything, what do you do? For me, it's a natural progression that a group of players should own a station or should own a smuggling biz, have a pirate base or own a trading company where they can tr- still trade themselves and the, player, the game still remains pilot-focused. But you hire people to trade for you and they get a cut. They might even get a ship off you. So it deepens the entire experience. And I do think that FD have strangled that a little bit and they've... They've tried their best to make a single player and a multiplayer game the same thing. And I don't think it entirely works. I don't think it pleases either side particularly. That's an interesting point. Obviously, the multiple accounts thing is something that's going to be coming in at some stage. But how long would you be prepared, before I bring Lisa here, because I'm sure she's got something to say, but how long would you be prepared to wait until Frontier created that sort of uh, player-owned station or the sort of environment that you're talking about there? How long would you be prepared to give the game? I shouldn't say this because it weakens my argument, but I'd, I'll play the game ever. I mean, I said, <laughs> I said, I mean, I played the original game in 1980. Well, in 1985, I had a Spectrum, so I didn't get the BBC one. I don't think I'll play another game again, is what I said, <laughs> after about a month. Now, I do play other games on devices which I can't play EVE on, but mostly I play this game. Right. Uh, so okay. I'm a slave to it. But <laughs> okay. I'll wait forever, but basically I hope it comes. No worries. Uh, Lisa? I'm just wondering at this point, so everybody's like, okay, well, everybody's creating their own fun, their own stories, they're working around all of the stuff. Uh, Wings uh, is good but not great. Uh, where's all of the other multiplayer content and I can't help but wonder whether we're in a situation where Frontier 
didn't previously have the experience of making a large subscription multiplayer game and whether they're feeling the brunt of that now that they've got large groups of people wanting to play together work together and they just haven't got the upfront experience to know what to do with that Ian I'd agree with what Lisa's saying there and it's you're sort of seeing it now with the patches as they're coming out now and this is going to be a bit of a bone of contention but I think that they sometimes they listen a little bit too much to the community for example the the reduction in the prices of the two ships we've seen previously the simplification of fuel scooping the the lowering of costs of insurance and repairs etc etc it's getting it's basically stuff that they're for want of a better phrase they're making it a lot simpler and a lot more accessible to people which is great but conversely at the same time it means that there's no repercussions i mean for example me and one of the other guys back in the durius event were chasing a player in an asp and we sorely handed it to him killed him a couple of times and we, i spoke to him actually on the live radio team speak and we cost him an absolute fortune and obviously he had to rethink <laughs> what he was doing whereas mm-hmm. now it'd just be a case of right go back in come out do it again go back in do it again and no real repercussion on it they need to for want of a better phrase they need to balance what people are going to whine about because they want it to be simpler but they don't want it to be simpler because once you've got what you want what you think you want it's not really what you want for want of a better phrase <laughs> it's like you know it's like when people were whinging you know for example about day z being too hard and they made it a lot simpler and all of a sudden it became a big call of duty fest for want of a better phrase which is not what it was when it started because i was back in that when it originally started as well no worries james i think there are some people who think you know that there's a lack of large group support because of inexperience or just because they haven't gotten to it yet but i've begun to consider the fact that especially with what they've said that it's intentional that a lot of what they want for the game is to make it continue ma- making it accessible for smaller groups, which means putting limits on the larger ones. Yeah, absolutely. And just from um, what I've remembered talking to uh, things like David Braben about and stuff, there was there was always a big sort of emphasis put on the fact that um, you know no one group should be able to come and spoil other people's games. There was a whole you know concern about griefing when Elite Dangerous was being developed and. For like it or you know, loathe it, Eve Online has this big sort of uh, nowhere to hide mentality about it. You know where you go in, and if you're not part of a big group, and I think you're going to struggle. Um, and I think I do wonder how much of that is rubbed off on frontier development, and how you know hesitant they're being about supporting the meta game because they're worried about this whole idea about griefing or about spoiling one person's game. Um, JP. I've often been described as, grief, uh, as a griefer or a group of griefers, the cold, partly because of the uh, mistaken uh, belief that we're connected to the, the cold and Eve. And I say, we're not. We literally will not kill you if you drop cargo. We'll only kill you if you start up your, your engines, if you fire on us, or you otherwise muck us about. And sometimes, in jokingly, we say, if you look at us funny. But that's just, that's just <laughs> the role playing. We, I have stopped people from killing people. Literally, just don't do it. We do. If we grief traders as the cold, we drive them to solo. So our that's why we also have been known to kill griefers. It's one of the reasons why we fell out with East India Company. Not that the griefers per se, or the Cosmic State, were a bit more aggressive. It's because they were killing every trader. That was against our philosophy. Our philosophy is don't kill a trader unless you have to because it'll go to solo and you'll never be able to rob it again. And then the bounty hunters will have nobody to kill. 
griefing will happen. Griefing will happen in a game of chess. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you have the right personality for it. You can't strangle the simulation on the grounds that it might be griefed. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention quickly is, just going back a step, we've all seen the threads on the main forum where he said, I'm bored of this game, the reason I'm leaving, why I'm out of here. And it's always the same. I've done everything. I'm bored. And I always say to if I get a chance to say to him, I say, join a group. Mm. The chances of burnout are much less if you're in a group. I think FD seems to fail to understand, which you have to be surprised, really. Human beings are essentially a social creature. We will gather together in groups, even if there was no group dynamic at all. There, there is no group dynamic at all before Wings. And I formed the code in December before there was... And we did all, everything outside the game. And, and a kind of... It's nice. I mean, when we come to talk about what we'd like for group features in the game, I'll, I'll, I'll expand a bit further. But if you are in a group, there is less chance of you burning out. Not zero chance, because it happens to everybody eventually. If you've not seen anybody, you've got somebody to talk to and you can... Even if you're not working together, but you've got somebody to say, hi, how are you doing today? Your trading's going well, or I'm being pirated, or I, I got my first kill. Then that extends the life of the game. And FD does not seem to understand that once you've got an anaconda, and once you've tried all the, the massive four uh, careers, there is nothing to do. So join a group for more to do. What more can I say? I think JP makes an excellent point there. And I would hope that, for example, that, that James and maybe Shadagar will back me up on this. Coming from James coming from something awful and Shadagar coming from, you know, a conglomerate of groups is that camaraderie is absolutely what will sustain you in a game like this. So things like MMOs, where there's high burnout rate, where you're putting a lot of time in, people to play with and to interact with is basically what sustains you through the potential burnout periods in my opinion i mean i've been in high turnover high commitment raiding guilds in games before like warcraft and everything else for my sins and it's generally been other people and the friendships that you forge with them through playing the game that keeps you there in the first place in my experience well that's been a major problem especially for us as emperor's grace is um for the longest time we've been having to generate a lot of player content because even though like for instance through our website through our team speaks there goes my dog (laughs) that's all right we have a blooper section on this as well um (laughs) you know even though we've had close to I think about eight, 9,000 people have come through our website or we've had about 5,000 or so that's come through our TeamSpeak channels. You know, we only have about a couple hundred people that are still wanting to play. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's the leaders of each one of the groups that are – they're constantly coming to me just scratching their head going, you know, we've done everything and – it's so hard to keep people in the game. What are we going to do next? And that's why we developed a system that we have that when combat gets stale, that group can go to the trader group and you know, do their things there. But I think the overall picture when it comes to the design of the game is has been two ideals. One of it being Braven. Well, everything that he has is very respectable. There's a large population of the community that wants other things too. And I think it's kind of button heads right now. The wings have kind of felt like it was an afterthought. Like it wasn't really supposed to be in the game itself that the multiplayer community has cried loud enough 
that made this come to light that they have to put something in here just to kind of shut us up for a little bit but a lot of the <laughs> development processes have been feeling that way to where we're going to put trade in but you know the community's coming up and we have tons of good ideas i mean you can't say that there's a lack of ideas out there but this is the trade we're putting in and this is the way it's going to stay but then a bunch of people do complain and are like okay we're going to modify it a little bit and like um, ian was saying they do listen a little bit too much um, there's a lot of, you know, the five billion dollar, five billion credit gate, and all this other stuff that's been going on. Yeah. Um, they, they tend to jump really quick on something, and they try to please everybody. And that's not to, I'm not an expert at this, but this isn't a way to please everybody. Is trying to please everybody. I think that what they should have originally done was to stick to their goals, complete the goals, and then release it. But when we put out on the forums like what happened with third person camera. Instead of just putting it in and then letting people test it and see if they like it, they ask, should we put it in? That's the worst <laughs> thing you can do to a community is ask, should we? Because then when they start seeing all these people bicker back and forth, they're like, well, maybe we should stop. And I've seen a lot of great ideas that they were going to come out with completely trashed based on people that have probably no experience whatsoever in making a game. And they shouldn't listen to us all the time. But on the other hand... When they're field testing things like wings, I was kind of let down that they just throw it into beta and they only talk to us on the forums. You would think mm -hmm. that when it comes to wings, they would want to get a hold of a lot of like us that are running groups and ask us, is this even going to be worthwhile for you? Like pull us in on a conversation other than the forums and brainstorm it because we're the guys that are out there trying to keep these groups together. We're trying to work together. We know where the faults lie, and what could make it better for us, throwing a beta out there and saying, hey, everybody, just test it and post some <laughs> random garbage on the forums. It's not <laughs> helping us none. I do wonder, I honestly do wonder whether or not Frontier Developments uh, appreciate the size of the the numbers involved with the groups in the metagame and the various different organizations out there and what sort of power they can bring to bear when it comes to these things. I mean, when you talk about asking the community, it's a double-edged sword, and it's something that we, we talked about on Labor Radio all the way through the development cycle. It's the fact that my biggest concern with this game is that, yes, they listen to us, but at the end of the day, they make their own game. You know, the, the, My worst nightmare was that it was going to be a game built for the community. You know, what we want is we want David Braven's vision. We want Frontier Developments to make the game that they want to make first and foremost, and then give it out there, and then take... You know, take some feedback, do the balancing, uh, and adjust it throughout the lifespan of the game. Happy with that. What we've got is we've kind of got a half and half where they go their own way in certain things and they ask for direction on others. And it doesn't seem to be hitting, you know, it doesn't seem to be hitting that sweet spot every time. But I mean, I say it's a double edged sword. You've got to look at things like Super Cruise and things like the DDF um, forums, you know, that had a big positive influence on the game. Uh, overall, but there is this balance about how much you ask the community, how much you tell the community. I do feel like they're in a, a reactionary phase right now. Like, so whoever shouts the loudest, they feel like they have to sort of knee jerk against that to, to address it. And that sort of feels what, like where they are right now to me, where everything is like sort of straight off the bat. Okay, somebody's shouting about a thing, we need to address this straight away. Like Shadow Girl was saying with the outside camera, with the sort of selfie cam 
if you like, where people want, we want the selfie cam, we want the selfie cam, we want the selfie cam, and now there's the debug cam, which they're saying it's absolutely not a third-person camera, and you know, don't use it for anything other than taking a picture of your pretty ship. But it, it just feels like that was a, oh God, we have to get this out of the door because people desperately, desperately want this. And it's maybe not always the right course of action to take. Some of the shouting we've noticed um, the loudest shouters is usually the smallest percentage of some of these groups. And yeah. <laughs> it's not a good reflection on the community at whole. And that's that's been some of the concerning things about it. And then I've seen some guys put out some massively beautiful, well thought out open letters. And then you have a dev post less than a sentence on it. Yeah. Um, and I've always pushed that they need more PR. I've seen other games that were out there that these community people, they were not just posting on the forums, but they were also talking with people through Twitter. They were hosting events to where, like this, to where we can sit in and discuss things with them. But they've been so closed about everything. And I don't know, some people keep saying it's a lack of experience. I think it's a um, not wanting to lose stockholders at this point since they're open. You know, they don't know if the game is going to make enough money or not. And they're really worried about backlashes. And, you know, while, yes, I understand from a business standpoint, you got to watch about it, but sometimes you got to jump off that cliff and see what happens. Yeah, I think they're very sort of uh, risk averse, considering that this is mainly their own money that they're pumping into the game. But you've got to look at things like um, uh, the offline mode. I'm not going to call it offline gauge or anything like that, but there was a very small percentage of people that that affected, very, very small. Yet the the noise that was generated from that, you know, it was a very, very, very vocal minority. Yet the backlash that came and the, you know, the pounding that their sort of um, PR took uh, as a result of that, it was the main story on most of the gaming websites. You know, breaking of promises and you know, Elite Dangerous not offline. You know, Kickstarter falls over because they weren't able to do this, that, and the other, and you know, the world's going to end. It was completely blown out of all proportion, and yet you had this small minority of people that it affected making a massive amount of noise. So there does seem to be this uh, this this reactionist stuff from Frontier where they don't want to you know step on anybody's toes. They do want to make sure that everybody within the community is happy, and it's never going to work. Yeah, but then on the, on the flip side of that, you have a group like we have went in for some of these problems, these bugs, and we have, you know, hey, we got three, four hundred people plus another three, four hundred people that's playing over here, almost a thousand people here, and we all notice a bug, and can you please look into this? We're really upset, <laughs> and we get back from one of the devs. We'll look into it, and that's it. It stops. Yeah, no, and it's incredibly frustrating. It really is, and it's just a question of you know, whether or not they've got the size of team, but that's a different question uh, entirely. Uh, JP? I don't think the beta tests for the various things have been long enough. Right For now, we have a workaround. If you're struggling to invite somebody to your wing, we found the workaround is to send them a text message first. And it's like, why wasn't that noticed in, in beta? Because the beta was only a week long. And it's such a major change, Wings, to the fabric of the game. I don't think anybody would have minded waiting an extra week. People might have got antsy at four weeks. But I think at 10 days to two weeks, to everything to be tested is what you need. And for especially for a major change like this, not, not for maybe 1.1, but for 1.2, you didn't need longer than a week. And all we got was a week. So now we've got problems. We've got people trying to get people in an instance and stuff like this. And you, uh, oh, I'm not in the instance. Oh, it's not working. Oh, that's what I think. <laughs> Ian, go on, save him. 
I think sometimes a couple of problems really that extend from this game and it being an online, a big MMO type game as well. Firstly, it's the fact it's a Kickstarter. So people have had a big, a lot of input. I mean, you more than me, Fozzer, obviously as well. A lot of input over the course of the process from the start to the end. The second thing is it's gamers, this side of the trench, want of a better phrase, having a massive sense of entitlement and thinking it's like a standard MMO. I, you know, you're 12 pounds a month to minecraft it's not minecraft to world of warcraft or whatever so they think that when they can go onto the forums they can then whinge and whine and threaten to pull their money out and immediately frontier will <laughs> bend over backwards for them no matter what in my mind i'm my my online game experience is pretty low as i've said i'm purely an armor player really but I think really they should adopt a more firm fist along the lines of bohemia which is more sort of a case of we're doing this this is our game do one if you don't like it, for want of a better phrase. Um, <laughs> it's just, they're the developers. They've got the vision. They know where they want to take it. They've got the, the balance set out in their heads as to why they're doing it in this way. It's their game. It should be done that way, unless there's something obviously breaking, some sort of massively fundamental breaking mechanic that needs to be addressed. Like, you know, exploding in a station, or, you know, nav computers that, nav computers that insta-pop you when they get dropped to 0%, even though you've got 90% hull left. That kind of thing is the sort of thing that people should be going to them and complaining about, not, oh, I can't get into an instance because X, Y, or Z. That's the mechanics of the game and the way it's structured. Can't threaten and demand things from people in the same way that you can, for example, from Blizzard or somebody like that is what I'm just trying to say. Because obviously you're not on the same sort of subscription payment. Exactly. You know, if if I was to say to, front, to go on Frontier today and whinge about my favourite whinge, which is the fact that map data that I go out and outsource isn't available to buy from other people for other mm -hmm. people from a station if i whinge about that and say wow 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 this is completely unfair i'm gonna you know i'm leaving buy etc frontier development's response should be well, we've already got your money buy do what <laughs> buy you know and, and this also comes back to the last couple of years of the gaming community it's sort of the gaming community and media as well regarding games after the debacle that was alien sorry aliens colonial marines and all the false promises and broken down promises any slight broken promise is immediately jumped on like a pack of hungry vultures. Same with the reactionary people who live on the internet these days who seem to live purely to be offended by things. I mean, Colonial Marines did make me very sad, though, so let's not you have, you have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> but I was one of those people who wanted solo mode. Uh, I really wanted it massively because I used to work on ships all the time. And not so much now, but I, at the time I thought I might be going back to work on ships. So I needed that sort of a capability. And mm -hmm. then Frontier Brand, look, we're not doing it anymore. Here's our reasons why. I was like, well, I'm a little bit upset, but fair enough. It's your game. <laughs> Decision made. Whereas, you know, there was massive campaigns made. And so it's just, you just there's, there's more important things to be worried about in the world, I think, is my... Uh, rambling I think, phrasing I think there's quite a large amount of misunderstanding between people who who backed it on the kickstarter and maybe haven't paid attention to the development particularly in depth since in the fact that the kickstarter money is a very very small percentage of the amount of money they've spent developing this game so far like it's it's yep. not even a tenth of the money i'm fairly sure and and yet they treat it as if it were the whole development budget. And I think that's that's a really interesting um, tack that people seem to take. But even if it was the case that that was all of that money, that's for the initial input for the initial release of the game. It's not for, 
you know, adjusting things to make it to, to be their I win game, for want of a better phrase. Like, well, that's, like, that's the I'm, thing, right, is that, yeah. okay, well, so uh, I, I put my, you know, 10 bucks in or whatever, uh, and now I feel entitled to tell the, the dev team precisely how they should develop a specific feature and if yeah. they don't do it to, to to my exacting standards well they can't have my 10 bucks anymore sort of thing you know yeah, <laughs> it's like it's... um that is i'm pretty sure that's not how buying things worked <laughs> okay well i mean entertaining though this is and i think we all uh, we all share a bit of this passion uh let's try and keep it back to the topic of groups and clans and everything else in the metagame at large and by doing what we said we really shouldn't do, which is move on to my next topic, which is which features and functionalities would we like to see Frontier Developments add into the game in order to support the, the clan group metagame functionality? Uh, let's, start with, let's start with Shadow on this one. What sort of things would you like to see Frontier Developments implement into the game that would make your job as running a, an organization easier? My bobblehead? That would really calm my nerves. <laughs> I'd love to have that back, FD, if you could please give it back. Um, the things that's, I, I mean, they're, it's it's such a hard topic to get on because I've understood that Braben has already said, you know, we're, and I don't know if it's necessarily Braben, but it's, people have said that it's, you're not going to own things in game. And it's, it's kind of frustrating for groups because groups love to own things and fight over things and, just claiming is just a group mentality. And, um, you know, we've discussed where, okay, we can't have stations, but we have all these billions of systems, you know, how about allowing us to have a community event like Lou um, that we can kickstart on our own in some automatic process to where we can claim a home world. Obviously, if it's, if it's uh, a world that's in some of their storyline, then okay, I understand. But you know, allow us to claim something because eventually we're going to land on a planet. And why do we want to be there if we're not actually going to be invested into this thing? Yeah. What would you like to do? What sort of advantage would owning these structures in space or owning these planets in space give you? Well, any group wants to call a place their home. I mean, at a minimum, okay. they they want to say that they've come from a place and write their own lore. Because that's one good thing that I've seen about this community is they just want to write their lore. So if we could pick a, a world call it our own like what's happened with crimson state group and you know this is our home let us defend it let us build things there invest our time and you know bringing resources in to develop this world to give it our own that's just one aspect of you know allowing us to have it i think there's plenty of planets out there we could pick them <laughs> yeah that i do agree with the other things too that's just kind of been a little uh, irritating is especially the uh, transferring of, of credits like one of our events that we have done is we're having um, combat tournaments that we're doing internally we're field testing and eventually we're going to open up to the public to have these like bracket kind of tournament things and it's so hard when you pick a winner and try to give a reward when you can't mm -hmm. transfer anything we've asked for gifting and stuff on the website so we can buy decals and things like that but you know another thing that would be cool with the decals themselves is I understand it's it's a, a way for them to make money, but maybe if they would allow groups to submit images to so we can have our own decals to pass out to our guys for their ships so we can see each other. Um, one of the big problems with wings that we have now, especially with uh, that we've been finding out, is where's the enemy? We, we can't differentiate between 
you know, who's actually a part of what. And while I, I've kind of disagreed with this allowing everybody to be fully ranked with the feds and fully ranked with the empire, to me it doesn't sit right because guys that are writing their lore, you got to have an enemy somewhere. And when I see these NPCs flying around, you scan them and they got the faction name under them. You know, we've thought of what happens if they allowed players to do this. We can come into system and whatever we influence as a faction shows up on our ship. Now, if we leave system, you know, we can that may drop off or stick with us. But at least as we're scanning people like with this Lou instance, what do we do right now? We have to message them and go, uh, who do you play for? And they don't have to tell us nothing. I mean, they could lie to us completely. But if we had, you know, these groups that were actually working on influence in that system for a Fed group or for an alliance group, we'd just scan them and see who they are. I mean, if you're going to work for it, it there should be some repercussion against it. Um, and just overall, you know, the, the whole friends list thing has just been so hectic. I'm glad they added chat back in. Um, yeah, but that still needs refined a little bit more. That was another afterthought thing that I, I felt it was just thrown into just like here, shut up and, you know, take it. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the other things that um, guys are just screaming for in my group is letting us name our own ships, too. Um, yeah. And I know that that doesn't go to the group play itself, but um, I mean, that's some of the things that our guys sitting together is coming up with um, that. It's something that's going to add to the community itself. And but the, the the ultimate thing is is they need to give us more tools in game to administrate. Whether we can have guild banks or uh, one guy mentioned storage. So if he finds an A grade piece of material uh, or module for his ship, he can store it for later use. Um, it's just the clan involvement itself. It's always been outside of the game. There's nothing really inside the game that helps us one bit because if you just take the game itself groups cannot survive in it right now and they need to facilitate us a little bit more because we the groups are the ones that's keeping players wanting to play uh, i've had many guys that go i'm just bored of the game and i'm like hey let's come up with an event and keep them playing a little bit longer until that content push to where you got guys in solo when they're done with the game, they're done with the game. They're going to just wait till the next update and then come in and play with it for a few days and leave. But these guys that are in groups, they're staying in the game to play with these people that they like to play with. And you know, FD needs to realize that the groups are, like I said before, they're here. And now that you've given them a taste of it, putting four people in, they're going to want more. They're going to want six. They're going to want eight. They're going to want large-scale wars. And before you know it, they're going to want territorial wars. And <laughs> they opened up this door to where... You can't do this to the gaming community. As soon as you give them a little bit of that cake, everybody in that room wants all that cake now. <laughs> JP, are you desperate for cake? Well, I'm, I'm always desperate for cake. If you saw me, you'd know this was not even a question. Uh, I agreed with 99% of what you said, but what I, I don't want, I don't want clan tags in the game. I don't want to know who somebody belongs to if they don't belong to me or my group. What I would have is a slight extension of the of the friend system, which is okay. I don't think there's a quicker way to actually make anybody friends in the game than the way there is. Tedious though it is. And we discovered after a while that I used to have a friends list on the forums for the code. And I took it off for two reasons. One, it was a security risk because people could just get the names off. And secondly, it was a bit, it was getting to a bit of a stage where asking a new crew member to come in and type in 90 names was an afternoon's work 
So we had to do it. We had to start doing it the other way around. So when a new crew member come on, everybody had to type him in. I don't want clan tags. I I feel I can't say that strongly enough. All it needs is a little tick box next to friends, and in that friend box, you can tick allied allies, and both of you have to do it. Okay, so you can have people you know, and you can have people friends, and they would come up a different colour on your on your scanner. And by the way, that brings in. I know it's slightly off the tangent point, but it's very important. Scanner filters are like the biggest need next. Please, one point three <laughs> scanner filters. You can't see after stuff, and it's part of it's become a legitimate military tactic now to dump hundred tons of rubbish so that you can't see somebody behind, which is fair enough. But you still want to be able to get rid of the ninety low energy wakes because you need to see that one particular wake that you want to jump into, and, and or you want to go for that one particular place. So you want to be able to cycle through your uh, your scanner. I've, that's my personal thing. So that's what I would do. I'd have friends and then I'd have allies and they'd be a different colour. And then everybody who's allied to me, I can see on the scanner right away. I don't need to know a particular individual name of that person. So it'd be nice to have it in contacts. But as long as I know that they're friendly and they're not, that's a good that's good enough for me. Okay, JP. Well, it sounds as if you've actually managed to rumble Ian's best getaway tactic there, Ian. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, for me, it's just, how can I word it? I quite like it the way it is. It's just the little things, I think, that just need to be tweaked up and improved on. It's been said several times before, you know, the ability to refuel or repair your wingmates if they're stupid enough to jump into a star that's not refuelable from and so forth would be a good start. Sharing of map data, again, I've mentioned it twice now. Well, hey. And also, you know, with keep uh, uh, what would be really good, particularly for the, uh, for the comm system, would be the... Um, the ability to have a key binding for push to talk because at the moment with the comm system it's just a permanently open channel and you're getting several Darth Vader impersonators on the line with you all the time you <laughs> oh, know and it's uh, awesome as, ent- as entertaining as it is to listen to my friend who works for uh, you know works for the Scottish government read out security numbers over over, <laughs> over the team speak it's not so good for him obviously um, and the other thing I was just going to say was I mean this comes back to what Shadowgar was saying earlier on but I've, I've just been thinking about it just now but Reference, you know, tagging yourself with allegiance to a faction within the system. Perhaps that could work, Back coming back to what we were saying earlier on. I mean, you could perhaps, let's say, for example, if you're going to Lou and you, you log on, you, you go in and you sign yourself up to the Crimson State group, and then that gives you a multiplier on any influence you do for them. And that way, yeah. then, that would give people the incentive to actually tag themselves with that faction while they were in system. Um, that kind of thing. And reference what JP was saying earlier on about security issues as well, I sometimes think clan tags might be useful as well because we're getting a lot of, uh, I'm going to regret saying this, but we're getting a lot of the metagaming coming from EVE and you're now getting people for example, I know lots of people JP who've been interdicted by people claiming to be the code, that that aren't the code and then getting exploded by them Um, (laughs) purely to try to bad rep you up, it happens, it's it's the way that metagaming works unfortunately in the world of the internet with, you know (laughs) With de-doxing, de-doxing TeamSpeak servers, you know, and creating false accounts for people's forums so you can spy on people and all that sort of stupid stuff we don't need in this game. I mean, I like to think this is probably one of the most mature-based games that I've played. Apart can, from I just, can I just peep in here, by the way? Yeah, this shoot me. I think the Code is possibly the only clan in the entire game, possibly 
the entire gaming world that has a complaints forum. Yeah. <laughs> if you, yeah. If you have a complaint against a code member, you think a code member has blown you up when he should have done, write I mean, to us, and then we'll tell you whether they were or they weren't a member of the code. A couple of days ago, I was talking to somebody on that Elite Dangerous community on Facebook, reference to you guys as well. And this is also what happens. You get a lot of people who just refer to it as griefing. This is what I was saying in chat earlier on about, you know, one man's griefing is another man's gameplay style. And no matter how much you, you know, no matter how much you try to play the way you do, people are always going to complain that you're griefing them. And it's just, oh, I don't know. If I opened up a complaint section for EG, (laughs) I would spend all of my time in that section just laughing than actually playing the game. So that that can't be – I don't know how you guys do it over there. And and the final thing I want to see, and this is purely for Planet side because being an armor group and being a a British armor group, I want to see bayonets so I can run up and stab Federals in the face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Going back to the complaints thing – we have a thing which is we take the word of a code member over the word of a third party unless there's physical proof. So don't just come into the complaints forum and say, he killed me. Uh, it will it will do you better if you've got... If, uh, see, we don't allow combat lagging. We don't allow senseless murder. So if you think a member of the code has combat lagged on you or you think they have um, senselessly murdered you with no reason whatsoever and you have video or we get multiple reports of the same thing happening against the same person, we will kick that person out. But unless you have strong proof, we do take the word of the crew member over the word of the third third party member. But that's the only way we can stay sane. And you just, we, you just touched there on another one of us saying, saying about little things. They need to sort of resolve combat logging because the number of people who are just ripping their internet cables out or broadband throttling or whatever the heck it is to get out of combat quickly at the moment is getting ridiculous. They need to bring something in like, I don't know, like Dean Hall did when he was doing when he was doing early day Z where, you know, if you just try if you just ripped your internet connection out, you'd be your bloke could just be stood there for a minute with his phone with his backside. I've heard I've on. heard and I don't know if this is true, I've heard it's after you're thinking about doing something mildly underhand, which is if you are caught combat logging and you have enough claims against you, then you're kind of shadow banned which means that they'll lock you into solo but you won't <laughs> but you won't know that you're in solo well, so we've already so... had instances that's that's been on reddit of people talking about being um shadow banned to where they popped in and to go on their griefing escapade and find out that no matter where they go uh there's nobody around but i don't know how confirmed no, that's I, been i have no pity for them whatsoever <laughs> well, no, and to be fair that. guys this was something that um this was something that david braben said was going to be in the game uh, it was his mechanic. It was his fix-all. You know, the simple fact that you've got this reputation system um, that they were going to be able to bring into the game, and they always said that it was part of the the network code. Whereas if you went around and you peed off a lot of people, then you would slowly start to see less and less people in your open gameplay because your reputation within the the network went down to such a degree that you, they just wouldn't pair you with anybody else. Right, but so, the, the thing that's, that scared me about that situation, though, and we've had this instance. Um, possibly happen here is so for instance if you got a war between two groups what stops that group from just spamming it saying that you're griefing and then all of a sudden you disappear you know that's where i hope that they have some kind of implementation to the to stop that kind of that they're griefing on on this and this comes back to what i was saying earlier on about the ridiculous meta gaming aspect of it that people start to bring into it that we, we don't need to see here my worry is that fd does not have a way at the moment to tell 
one group who might be warring on another group. No. So there's nothing don't. to stop people from saying, these people are griefing me. Exactly. But, I mean, reference that and reference combat logging, I think personally the easiest way to do it is just they basically, their their avatar or whatever you want to call it, is just sat there for two minutes with its thumb up its backside, allowing the person who's been hunting him down for the best part of five minutes in a knife or death duel to actually finish the job and get whatever he was after from it. Because when you when you move when you shunt people who are doing stuff like that across into their own instances, fair enough you're seeing them off, but you're also robbing the person who has actually caused them to combat log in the first point of whatever it is they were after, and that's the problem. It's you know it's that that's the balance you've got to strike. It's not just about simply just dragging them off, dragging people who are griefers or whatnot off into other instances. It's about rewarding the other people who they're up against. In my mind, yeah, no, definitely. And just to draw that particular topic to a close, and it's quite interesting what you, listening to you guys talk about some of the things that you want to be implemented into the game. Things like you know, selling your or sharing your cartography information, naming your ships. These were things that were talked about during the DDF process. These were things that you know, Frontier are planning, in theory, uh, using the inverted commas, uh, planning on implementing into the game. So it's a question of you know, just how long groups are going to be prepared to wait whilst Frontier Developments get round to implementing some of the ideas they committed to or said they were going to do during the development stage of the game. But the final point for this particular conclave, and uh, going around everybody, I should actually just say that we have lost James. Unfortunately, James, like myself, has a very small child in the house. And unlike my child, which amazingly for this call has actually been playing ball and has been quite well behaved james has had to leave us so he has dropped out of the call but big thank you to uh, to james griffin of uh, big harry's boys for, for coming on the show final topic is going to be what activities would you like your organizations to be able to participate in blue sky thinking uh, i know we've covered some of them in terms of planet ownership and things like that but what would you like to see as part of the metagame or as part of the group dynamics within the game in the next uh, let's put a time frame on it. Let's say the next year, and let's start with, well, let's start with the pirates. JP? I wish you hadn't, because I'm going to have to have a think now. I would prefer it if the the punishments were greater, and the fir- distance we had to travel would be further. So I wouldn't mind being able to take over, or buy, or force out uh, of an outpost the previous occupants and take it over. And then we could travel to where we need to be from there and we'd have uh, access to, to better goods and stuff like that. I think player-owned stations, it at some point, it will come in because it would lose too, mu- too many players eventually if they didn't think it was going to come. And the big bonus is you have 400 million stars. <laughs> it doesn't... It's not EVE online. There's, there's no gates. So if you come into our state system... Even if it's a pirate system to get to the other side, you have literally, well, you don't have literally, but you have about four or five different directions you can go, and we're not going to get you. The only way we're going to get you is if we wait en masse all the time. That's going to be very dull. We're going to come to you. We're not going to be sat in our own our own system very often. We're going to be going to live or wherever there's a, a contribution-based um, activity going on. So... That's what I would like. I I think if we could have a distant system somewhere where we could have to travel 25 light years away to get somewhere and then get back, that's all I need. 
and maybe a base on a station on a planet when that comes along. But I don't really want that to, to too much more than that, to be honest. Okay, not a problem, Ian. To be honest with you, what we've got at the moment in the game is pretty much what we're about. Because I mean, we're only a small group. We don't really want to have all these, um, all these, you know, great ideas about building bases and stuff. We're not of that sort of size or even that level of commitment. I mean, I usually get, I'm usually on quite a lot because what can I say? I'm a sad person in my mid thirties who played way too much elite when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> the fact my dad taught. I don't think you're going to be alone there. Ian. The fact my dad taught me how to do double entry bookkeeping using elite is quite distressing. Um, that's another story for another day. Um, so, you know, really speaking for the sort of groups that I think Frontier is personally aiming at, these smaller groups, what we've got at the moment is, is good. I mean, there's no extra stuff we need. But what I would like to see in terms of, you know, what's going on is some sort of, you know, ability for the player groups to get involved in the background story. I mean, James was saying earlier on there about how um, the various elements of the goons and also some dirty federal types they brought into it as well are trying to adjust the uh, imperial succession crisis at the moment by supporting Aileen Duval. Um, I'd like to see some sort of element of where we were able to do that, we were able to influence the outcome of that. Um, you know, that kind of thing, realistically speaking. Because that's the sort of thing that it feels right for the universe. It feels right for the game we have right now in the state, in the state it is. Um, oh, and also, you know, the ability to get a bayonet and stab Federals in the face. That's also quite important too, to me. <laughs> yeah, you are starting to worry me slightly, Ian, but never mind. We'll, we'll brush straight past that and go to Shadow. Final thoughts. What would you like to see? What activities... Uh, would you like to see Emperor's Grace being able to get into in the next year? Well, everybody's heard our advertisements. I mean, we're not the uh, we're not Care Bears. Um, we want to see um, large scale wars. I mean, honestly, this this whole player event that, or the community event that's been going on in Lou has been just so awesome for us. But we want to see you know bigger events. We want to see more of them. Um, with this event itself, it's a lot of people right now, um, way too many people in open play, and I think that if they would open up these events, more of them at the same time, so the community can spread out and you know touch on each one of those. You know that right now with what we have, I think is the the community events is the biggest thing right now with Wings. Um, until they come out with something else, you know it's it's hard to say because the game's changing so quick. But you know we definitely want to get involved in a lot of the politics. A lot of it just feels like. You know, uh, what's what's happened with the Emperor so far kind of thing. You know, he's been in a coma for a while, and we have no clue what's going on with him. And there's not much on Galnet that's explaining stuff, and it seems like it's just stuff that's just being churned out on Galnet. And no matter what some groups do, nothing's really affecting anything. And that's what we want to see is these groups shining. And if they're going to cater to the smaller groups, then facilitate them. While they're pushing their systems, allow them to... Um, you know, show up and shine in the community because that's what we're trying to do right now. And we hope that within this next year, more of this multiplayer aspect comes out and we're going to try to participate as much as possible in it and everything in the game. We want to touch at least one point. I'll accept mining because that's a little boring, but everything <laughs> else is, is, is doing pretty good. And I got to agree with Ian that even though that, uh, yeah, we all want to see a lot of other things. The game in itself right now is it's, it's, it's a nice game and, this whole well they may not be experienced look at what they've done so far with it it's it's a beautiful game um i think we just need to give it time and i'm crossing my fingers that 
Um, that's what we need is time, and it's not just, you know, maybe they ran off with the money. <laughs> no, definitely not. Okay, uh, Ian, your final thoughts there? I was I was just going to say, reference the you know the Imperial Succession. There is a lot going on, but the problem is you've really, really, really got to read between the lines on it. It's an absolute nightmare, but there is actually quite a bit going on in the background there. Um, particularly if you read history. Um, that's all I was just going to say. It's just you've really got to look at it. Um, what I would just suggest doing is to look at the triumvirate yeah, if anyone's that bored and interested. No worries. JP, just before we close it all off, your final thoughts? Well, it's more to what Ian said and, and a little bit to what Shallowgar said. If the larger groups, the ones that are organised enough, have a place of focus or a point of contact, then the meta story can involve them. For example, the Empire might ask Empire's Grace to act on its behalf against the Federation somewhere. They might even, the Federation could come to the code and say, on the sly, please don't mention it, you know, we are going to, would you, we'd like you to go and attack the Empire here. Please kill as many ships. Here is a group event for your group only. Take the mission from this station, go over and kill X numbers of Federation people, and we won't tell anybody. Okay, well, that is going to do it for this episode of The Conclave. Thank you very much to Ian from Volkspack, JP from The Code, Shadowgar from Emperor's Grace, and James Griffin from Big Harry's Boys. And, of course, to Lisa from the wonderful Lave Radio. Until next time, fly safe, and if you can't do that, join a group. I was just about to call it Big Hairy Boys there. That's the wrong thing completely. <laughs> Ian, go on, save him. Just bear me two seconds. <laughs> okay. So are we getting in That's the way a... of your rum drinking? Is that, <laughs> that, that what's going on here? Back Actually, Sunday. Uh, bloody well is. Cockburn Special Reserve Port. <laughs> no, what hey. I was just going to say was the, the problem... James? Uh, I think it seems like they're prepared... Uh, I'm sorry, the baby's No, crying. don't worry about it. That's absolutely <laughs> I'll speak in fine. a minute, let someone else talk. Okay.